Thank you, guys. Thank you uh, for being here today. We're, uh, like I said, continuing our series on uh, being unafraid. And uh, who here has something they're afraid of? Who here wants to come clean and come up here and tell everyone what you're afraid of? No, I'm not going to do that to you. But I thought uh, it would be kind of a neat thing as we're talking about fears today um, that I kind of run through um, some things that are truly scary. Okay, I want to I freak you guys out today. And I'm going to show you some things, of some pictures that are that some of you might say that is the most scariest thing I've ever seen. All right, so number one is this. Who here is afraid to fly? Raise your hand if you're afraid to fly. Okay, a few of you, a few of you. All right, so yep, that's definitely scary. Uh, can you imagine that? Uh, what about afraid of crowds? All right, there you go. That's a large crowd right there. Can you see yourself right there in the middle? There you are, wave. Okay, go to the next one. Uh, how about fear of heights? Oh, that was the reaction of the first service too. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Can you imagine being right there on the thing looking down? That would be so super awesome. Right, go to the next picture. Uh, go to the picture, fear of public speaking. Anyone want my job? You can have it. Come on up, come on up. All right, let's go to the next one there. Fear of snakes. Yes, that's, that's a nice one. How about this next one? How about this next one? Oh, some of you can't even look. All right, so let's go back to the first picture there. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm really, it's not so much that you are afraid of, like, flying. You're afraid of crashing, right? Exactly, all right? Flying's not a problem, all right? Crashing is the issue, right? And, and crowds aren't the problem, right? It's feeling enveloped or overwhelmed or lost in the crowd, right? All right what, about, what about heights? They're not the problem. It's falling, falling from a large height that you would fall and die, all right? The next one is public speaking. It's not that you're scared of the microphone. It's, it's that you will look like a fool, right? And everyone will laugh at you, or no one will laugh at you. That's even worse, all right? And then uh, and what, this, you're not afraid of snakes. Who, who in here would pet a snake if you couldn't, if, you couldn't, if it wasn't going to bite you? Is it the biting that scares you the most? Yes, of course. And then spiders, yeah, yeah, they're just freaky. They're just totally, there's nothing good about spiders. They are totally, totally scary. Let's get that off there before we give everyone nightmares and, uh, and talk about our fear of failure. Because this fear really is more powerful than the rest of those fears. I think this fear is what keeps most people who follow Jesus from really tapping into the plan that God has for them. I think God's got a plan for every one of you, a God-sized plan, not a you-sized plan, a God-sized plan. And tapping into that, following him, sometimes takes a little bit of courage and a little bit of ability to conquer not just your fear, but your fear of failure. You're not afraid of failure. You're afraid that you'll be embarrassed, that you'll be rejected. You're afraid of what's going to cost you. You're afraid of what you have to leave behind. That is really what you're afraid of. Now, I've got some, some truth that I want to give you today, and I believe that at the end today, you're going to have an opportunity to step forward, one step towards, hopefully, failure. Hopefully, you'll take one step towards failure today because Failure isn't what we're afraid of. 
We just need to conquer those fears with a little bit of courage. Let's, 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 let's dive into Scripture. Actually, I'm going to set the stage here. Anyone here, a, a guy in the name Bible by the name of Joshua. Heard that name before? How about the name Moses? Someone here, Moses? Okay, they're both going to be in our story. Let me start with Moses. Moses was the man of the Old Testament. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. He was the person that God chose to rescue all of his people out of enslavement. He's the one that had all the power. He could work 10 miracles or plagues. He was creating water out of stones. He was making birds and manna fall from the sky. I mean, this guy was the dude when it came to Old Testament stuff. And as he led them out there, he's supposed to lead them into the promised land. And then just before he gets there, God tells him, hey, listen, you're not going to be able to get into the promised land. So God actually takes him to the top of this mountain. I've been to this mountain. It's Mount Nebo. And it's in present-day Jordan, and it overlooks the Jordan Valley, and it overlooks, you can see the Dead Sea, and on a clear day, you can see Jerusalem from this particular mountain. And this is, they believe, where, where Moses died before he went to that mountain. He gathered all the tribes, gave them each a blessing. And then he took Joshua, our other character in our story. He gathered them up and said, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, Joshua. I'm not going to go in there. You are going to lead God's people into the promised land. And he's told them these two things. He looked at them and said this. He said, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. God is with you. Keep that in mind. We'll get back to that in a minute. So he went to the top of Mount Nebo. He died. And it said that, the, that God actually came down and buried him himself. And no one knows where he's buried. So you know you're really, really important when God does your funeral. Joshua then takes over, and this is where we pick up the story. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, he had no kids. You get that, son of Nun? All right. Uh, Moses is aid. Uh, I just ruined the moment. Moses, is, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and these people get ready to cross the Jordan River and into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I'll give you every place where you set on your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend to the desert, to Lebanon, to the Great River, to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Keep going. Go back to verse 4. Well, that was verse 4? All right, go forward to verse 5 then. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then we get to the meat of it. Be strong and courageous. Sound familiar? Because I will lead these people, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to give their ancestors to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be able to be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
It's a great word. It's a great pep talk that God gives Joshua. I believe they're at this place and, they, and he knows that the Israelites are feeling the weight of what they have to do. Their leader is gone, the one that could work miracles like plagues. I mean, if Moses was there, all he had to do was show up, wave his stick in the air, and like all the plagues were going to fall on them. And they could take them out, right? But now Moses is gone. What are we going to do? Who's going to work this? And I believe Joshua is feeling the same way. So God pulls him aside and gives him this pep talk. Now, let me tell you, we went just a few weeks ago. I was in Jordan. I was visiting our church partnerships there that work a lot with refugees work. They're doing marvelous work. And we took one day and we actually went to Mount Nebo and down into the Jordan Valley. And the Jordan Valley is such a unique place. It's got these huge mountain ranges on both sides and the Jordan Valley that runs down the middle. Then the Jordan Valley goes all the way from the Sea of Galilee. It goes all the way down and empties into the Dead Sea. And actually, that place is so low. It's the lowest place on earth that you could actually walk on dry land. It's like several hundred feet below sea level. And as you're there, you can feel all of that, that the, the water just trickles right down that river. You can see as it's green all the way down why they wanted this area, why, why it looked like the promised land. Here's one of the most amazing things that I figured out this time is we're coming down this hill and we can look over this valley and we can see actually the other side of the river, which is present day Israel on the West Bank. And as you can look over there, you can actually see the city of Jericho. And I thought about it. All these Israelites, all these people are coming down this mountain. Their leader has just died and they can see that city with the big walls. You guys know the story, right? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the came tumbling down. Some of you remember Sunday school, right? You know, the walls are going to fall down. You know what happens, but the walls are still standing when they see it and they can see it from where they're standing on the other side of the river. On the top of that mountain, all they can see is walls. All they can see is this impossible thing that God wants them to do. Go and take them out. What? No one's ever been able to do that. God says, I'll do it for you. But still, we got to go there. Who's going to do this? You can see the fear. And the reason this strikes a chord with me is because I've been there. And I know you have too. God's called you to do things, to live a life beyond what you're living now, to live that God-sized dream. And you see those walls, you see the impossibility of it, and you think, there's no way. I'm not even going to try. It is totally fine me staying on this side of the Jordan River, staying in my safe life, living safe and, and, and everything working nice over here. I'm not even going to risk it. I'm not even going to take one step towards that dream. I read a, read a, uh, uh, a story this week, actually in our, our, uh, the YouVersion Bible app, you can join in um, and uh, follow along. And the reading plan that we picked out this week is called Chasing Failure. And this guy by the name of Ryan Leak, and he's a, uh, a guy who actually, his, he was dating a girl, and the girl said, listen, I would, would really want to get engaged and married on the same day. 
So he went and researched this and made it happen. They were engaged for like eight hours. They'd be doing this. They kind of, he's kind of like a filmmaker, and uh, he's got some online, big on social media presence. So he kind of did the, the um, talk show circuit. And everyone kind of knew of this. Tell us about this story. You got engaged and married on the same day. And what was it all about? And hey, the final one that they went to was the Queen Latifah show. And as he's on the Queen Latifah show, Queen Latifah asks Ryan, he says, do you think your wife could surprise you the way you surprised her? And he said, no way. He's like, well, I've got a surprise for you. And he was a big basketball player. He went Division three on a full scholarship. And his idol was Kobe Bryant. And sure enough, on the Queen Latifah show, he get a video message from Kobe himself inviting Ryan and his new wife out to LA to meet him, to hang out with the team. And he is stoked and he's awesome. And he's like, oh, this is the best surprise ever. And then he goes home and he thinks, man, I get out there. What am I going to talk to Kobe about? I don't want to be one of those, hi, Kobe, you're so cool. I don't know what to say. He doesn't know how to do this. So he comes up and he has this idea, this crazy, crazy idea that he says, this is what I'm going to talk to Kobe about. When I see him, I'm going to tell him, listen, I'm trying out for an NBA team. He said, then I have something in common with Kobe Bryant. This crazy dream. And he said, not only that, the more he started to think about this idea of trying out for the team, he knew he'd never make it. But he thought, you know, there's probably people out there who want to do something but feel like they can't. They have kind of put their dreams up on the shelf and said, ah, that's too, that's too much. It's almost like that Jericho that sits out there with those walls saying, yeah, that's never going to happen. So he did. He worked, he was like three or four months before he was going to go out to L.A., and he worked his tail off, trained and trained and trained. He actually had a friend, he said he, he, said he, was, uh, he was like a YMCA pro. <laughs> he was that good. But he invited this friend of his who had just been cut by the Chicago Bulls, and he was doing one-on-one -on -one with him, and he was getting smoked. And this guy, he said, man, if, if I'm getting beat by the guy who got cut, how can I ever make the team? There's no way. I am totally setting myself up for failure. He said, but I need to do this anyway. So he sent out an email to all 32 NBA teams and got rejection letter after rejection letter. His letter pretty much says, hey, I know I'm going to fail, but I want to try it anyway. And maybe, maybe I can document the story. Maybe I can be inspiration to someone else. They would say, yeah, sounds great. Not for us. He actually worked at a church, and he said on Sunday morning before church, I got an email from the Phoenix Suns that said, we love this story, come on out, bring your film crew. He's like, I'm my film crew? <laughs> film crew? So he's like, I have to find a film crew, have to tell my boss, hey, listen, I'm leaving for a couple days. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm going to go try out for the Phoenix Suns. And he said, okay, well, what if you do if you make the team? He's like, I'm going to quit my job and join the Phoenix Suns. Done. He's like, but it's not going to happen. I'm never going to make this, but I got to try this. So you can actually get online, chasingfailure.com, and you can watch his documentary that he made. But he actually trained. And I don't know if you've ever done sports. Who has ever done um, competitive sports, training for sports, right? You know that one training um, event where you just run, 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 run till you die? You guys have all been there. Whether they're called suicides, there really is suicide. It will kill you, all right? And so he's doing this thing where they know they're just testing his limit, and he's running and running and running, and he's thinking, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my back. I've got nothing left. I'm, 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 you know, I'm just going to die right here. And he said, as he's running up and down the court, he passes over the logo of the Phoenix Suns 
basketball team. And as he runs over that logo, he wants to quit and give up. The head coach of the Phoenix Suns, Jeff Hornacek, comes out. And some of the teams, team comes out after their practice, and they start to, come on, Ryan, come on, you can do this. Come on, finish strong, Ryan. Come on, you got this. They said there's actually a trash can at the end of the, at the, end of the run. You can puke in that. <laughs> and he said, in that moment, Jeff Hornacek was my coach. In that moment, they were my teammates. And he said, in that moment, chasing failure has taken me further than success ever could. Think about that. Chasing failure, stepping out to what God's called you to do will take you further than your own success ever could. In fact, that's your point. You can fill that in on your notes today. Go ahead and put that up. Do not fear failure. You'll benefit more from failing than from succeeding. So what is this God-sized dream that you need to chase? I wrote some, some options down. Maybe it's a new scary job or, or some new skill that you want, that you feel God calling you to chase down. Maybe it's facing a past experience or trauma. Maybe it's that thing in the past that you've, you've pushed to the side, you've never really dealt with. You have to have some courage to face that again. Maybe it's conquering the thing that keeps you defeated, that addiction, that thing that controls you, the thing that you always seems to get back ensnared with. Maybe it's time to finally face that. Maybe it's simplifying your busyness to create things for God to bring in your life. Maybe you guys, you've realized I'm way too busy. I need to cut this out. I need to say no to this job. I need to say no to this commitment and have the courage to do that. Maybe it's a new ministry to the poor or to the hungry or to the enslaved or to refugees or to the homeless or to the powerless. Maybe there's something in your heart that God's called you to do. And you said, no, I can't do that. I can never do that. Come on, God, I mean, I'm comfortable right here. Take a step. Take a step towards it. Chase it down. Let me tell you this. Some of you know exactly what this dream is. And you've turned your back on it many, many times. In fact, you're feeling this morning saying, oh no, here it goes. Why did Pastor Shane have to do this again? This message, this is, it's, it's right in front of me again, and now I got to face it again. Now I got I to gotta do something with this again. I thought I was over this. Let me tell you, the reason you're miserable is you haven't followed through what God's called you to do. Take a step forward today and you'll find peace. In fact, let me help you through this today. Let me give you a little bit of an idea. There's three different things that we could do. Go back to the verses. Can we put those back on there? Actually, we're going to start in verse, I think it's verse 5. Actually, verse 6. Be strong and courageous, he says 
to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. This is what he says, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore their ancestors to give them. The most important word in this verse is he's telling them, be strong and courageous, muster up some courage, find it within yourself to take that step forward, do something, even if you feel like you're going to fail, at least take a step towards it, move towards it, be strong and courageous because, go back, go back, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. Did you hear that? It's not Moses anymore. It's him. Let me tell you this. God has a plan for your life. So does everyone else. And if you're not careful, someone else will plan your life for you. Someone else will order your steps. Someone else will give you the plan to live out. And before you even know it, you're living someone else's life, someone else's desire, someone else's plan. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to take a step towards what he has for me. I knew when I was 12 years old that I was going to become a pastor I knew it was my dream, and you could tell everyone. I remember going to high school and people laughing at me completely when I said, what do you want to be? I want to be a pastor. And they were like, seriously, you make no money. I'm like, I don't have a choice. God called me to do it. I don't know any better. It's funny now because now on Facebook, I'll find all those people that I went to to college with or went to high school with. And when we talk, they'll say, yeah, it doesn't surprise us. You finally, you did it, Shane. You know, I wanted to be a blah, 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 and never been able to chase it down. But we all knew you'd be a pastor. It's no surprise to us. And let me tell you, it's full of failure. Mary and I were talking about this this week. We were talking about all the pastor jobs that I had, and it seems like every one of them seems to end up, if you take a step back and look at it, at a failure. But each one of those failures came with at a point where God told us to step out. And even though the world said it was failure, the job ended, you had to find a new job, God seemed to move us into something bigger, better, something God-sized. Just because you're living your life and you're comfortable doesn't mean this is the life God wants for you. Some of you know that in your heart. Number two, he says this, be strong and very courageous. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Some of you might be like, well, I I kind of have an idea of what God wants me to do, but let me tell you this. Would it fit in the pages of Scripture? Would your story fit in the pages? Here's here's the humbling part. I read like the, the story of Peter in Acts. Preaching the gospel, sharing God's love, getting whipped and beaten and thrown into jail, telling, shut up, don't say those words anymore. And he said, we can't, even everything, we can't stop doing this. We have seen Jesus alive and we have to share it. Thrown into jail. And then Jesus, the Holy Spirit, sets him free from jail. (laughs) And then it's like, he turns the page and he's like, Shane lived his life, he had three kids. Period. Is that what my story is? Is that your story? 
Does your story fit into Scripture? Would, would there be a chapter designated to you in Scripture about how you let God lead you and guide you in your community, your life, your workplace, your family, your neighborhood was transformed because you followed God's plan. You took a step towards it. Does it fit into Scripture? Let me tell you, get into Scripture. Read Scripture. Be inspired by Scripture. The Lord gives forth His plan from Scripture. Put the U version uh, slide up. If you guys aren't part of U version, this is a great, great tool for you. You can join. It's a free app. You can download. It's got uh, several different versions of the Bible. It's got several different languages of the Bible. You can join us here every Sunday. We have plans, reading plans, a verse or two or three or four every day that you can read with the community of people here, including the pastors. You can ask questions. You can communicate. You can plug this in to your Bluetooth or uh, um, into your car, and it will read the Bible for you. Some of you like, I don't like to read. Well, it'll read it for you. Get into this. Uh, use this tool. It revolutionizes your Bible study, let me tell you. Okay? Check it out. Third thing, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do we have that last verse? Keep going. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The words here, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, literally means you are overcome with fear so much that the, the word is actually shattered, immobilized, broken down with fear. And they're saying, I, I, some fear is healthy, okay? You can be afraid, but don't let it keep you where you're at. Don't let it immobilize you and shatter you, paralyze you. Growing up, uh, my dad was very, very gifted when it came to evangelism. And he would rescue people from the very snares of the evil. I mean, he was just amazing at that. And, and in doing that, it produced this very strange, I don't tell these stories much because it just sounds weird. Like even when I tell the stories, I think I'm crazy, okay? Because he, he would rescue people who were actually involved in the occult and Satanism and covens and just weird stuff. And because of that, some really spooky things happened to my family. Like they burnt down our whole backfield. They put like the skin deer bone on our backyard as a, and our back porch as a curse. Uh, I remember they, we would, t would tell stories of my mom coming home from work and, and everyone dressed in black hoods trying to run her off the road. It was some spooky stuff. I don't tell them because all you guys are thinking, wow, our pastor's crazy. <laughs> that really happened. And it really, it really impacted the 10, 11, 12-year-old who was going through that. Now, we lived, uh, we lived in a little house out in the middle of nowhere, and, and, and my, my brother and I shared a room, and we had bunk beds. He was on the bottom, and I was on the top. And I remember one particular night, I can remember it. We had a dog out back, and our dog was just barking and barking and barking and barking and barking. It's in the middle of the night. And I remember someone say, shut up, you stupid dog. And I knew someone was out there. 
And all I can see is, is, is Satanist out there. Black hood and everything. I can just picture it in my brain, right? And I remember asking my brother, Sean, Sean, did you hear that? And he said, no, and neither did you. <laughs> and I had this fear. I had this reoccurring dream at that point in my life for the rest until I was in college where I would wake up in the middle of the night just shivering with fear because I would hear someone tapping on my window. And every once in a while, I'd get just enough courage to peek out of my blankets and see this, this hideous dark figure looking in my window. And I realized at that moment, all throughout my, all throughout my, my middle school and in my, my high school years, I was the most timid, reserved, pulled back. I, I, I never took a step forward for God. I was, I was ashamed. I had no confidence. And I remember this fear dogging me. And I remember being in college. And I remember saying, this is enough of this. I want to be something different. And I remember that night I had the dream again. And I woke up shivering in fear, feeling ashamed and defeated again. And I vowed at that moment, lying in my bed, in my college bed, I said, next time I have that dream, I'm getting out of my bed in my pajamas, and I'm chasing that black thing down. I'm going to find out what it is, what it's causing me to do, and I don't care how far it runs, I don't care how far I got to run, because you can do whatever you want in your dreams, right? So I'm going to chase that thing down. Do you know I've never had that dream since? I've never had the opportunity to chase that thing down. Why? Because I'm chasing it down now. Do you catch it? What's your Jericho? What's your high-walled goal that you think it's impossible? Don't you think it's time to muster up some courage and take a step towards it? Take a step towards it today. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing um, the song, Jesus, I Need You. This is the great place to start. If you've never taken a step towards Jesus, today's your day. That's how you start chasing this God-sized dream, is you take a step towards Jesus. Some of you have already taken a step towards Jesus, and you just need to say, okay, God, okay, Jesus, you have this goal for me. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, I don't know how to do it. I, 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 how, what do I do? Take a step towards him. Just say, okay, God, I, I'll chase it. Show me the next step. Show me what I need to do. Show me how I can conquer my fail, my fear of failure. And you might fail, but God uses failures to bring success in our lives. And chances are, if it's God with you, who can stand against you? If it's God's dream, how can you fail? He gave his life for you. Don't you think you can live for him?